Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Happy yeah. Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back, Steve. Hey. <clears throat> How the heck is, is he everybody? Back? Is he actually back? Um, well, he's here. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Weezy, how is the weather down by you? Are we getting any warmer? Yes, it's getting warmer. Yeah, it's, it's looking better, but still off and on rain. Uh, no, we had an EF four blow by. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, that wasn't nice. All right. And how far away was that from you? You okay? Uh, it was. It was northern Mississippi, so it was pretty good distance. Okay. And Steve, what about you? Where have you been? I'm Staying sure around. everybody knows. Not doing much. <laughs> Okay. Everybody Any flying? Paramount yeah. flying? Oh, no. No, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm guys. Too busy. I got engaged. Yeah. <laughs> ah, congrats. Congrats. <laughs> All right. So, welcome to the show, everybody. We got a great guest tonight. Um, I'm so excited to keep talking to her. I've been talking on and off throughout the week, um, chatting with her on text, and today, got a chance to talk to her on the phone and you guys are going to love her. She's got a remarkable story and um, she's got lots to tell you. And um, she is a paramotor pilot. Um, she, I'm looking off my notes because there's so much about her. She won first place in an adventure division of the Icarus um, X series, a second place in the world Microlight paramotor championship and placed 24th overall in the world so beat that um she speaks four languages she writes and illustrates books she fire dances she sings that was her that did the intro song for herself she's gonna play a song for us during her little commercial she also um i should let her tell you but i think this is cool stuff she's lived in at least 25 countries taught English in South Korea. She, um, let's see, caned or trained um, sled dogs in Canada, Alaska, made olive oil, owned an olive oil business in Tuscany, um, and much, much more. So anyway, 
thank you all for joining. And I'm going to say hi real quick to Boz to Earth. Justin Weaver's in the house. Joe's in the house. Linda Anderson, Scuba, Bill H., Kurt Moore. Um, I know I told her I'm going to I'm going to wreck your name. Adada. I'm sorry if I just messed up your name, but thank you for joining us. She's going to be in here and she's excited to say hi to you. Um, Shane's Planet Shane, Aaron I, and my husband Eric, um, Randy Milstead, I think is in here. Kramer is in the house. And James Belleville. James, we got to talk later. And let's see, anybody else that I missed? I'm sorry if you're joining. I'm glad you're here. So let's bring Christiana May in the show. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> How the heck are you? Oh, that was such a great intro. It was so fun. <laughs> it really captured just uh, my fun and energy and stuff. I was trying. <laughs> I love, I love um, learning more about people as I go throughout the week. So, and your friend is OMG. <laughs> yes, we haven't seen each other in a while. Hi. Hello from uh, New York City. I'm not, she's there. And so I, does she fly also? She doesn't fly. I met her in Guatemala. We oh. Guatemala together. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Tell us, first off, where the heck are you? Right now, okay, I am just up the coast from um, Bangor, Maine, I guess. So I'm on the border of Maine and New Brunswick on the Atlantic coast of Canada. But I didn't always, uh, I wasn't always here. I sort of just fell into this part of the world just in the last couple of years. What's that sound I'm hearing? I don't oh, know. I'm sorry. That was my clock. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I have no control over There's a train going by. Right. Alexa, play a clock. No, don't, my Alexa. don't play that game again. So I hope so, that you guys are getting the delay that I'm getting because we all talk and then I see everybody's faces moving. So if it doesn't bother you guys, it's just a little bit funny for me, but hopefully okay. I'm the only one experiencing that. Yep. You are cutting out a little bit now, a little Great. bit worse than you were <laughs> in the pre-show. So um, hopefully we can just get through that. So yes, we are aware of that, but she's in the middle of nowhere, north of Maine, in Canada, in snowy, okay. snowy, snowy country, <laughs> right? <laughs> and she doesn't have very good internet. So, Christiana, tell us about yes. how you yes. got into. I don't even have a well here. <laughs> tell us how you got into this type of uh, anything flying. How did you get into the sky? How did it start? Oh, your your. Uh -oh. Is it me? No, I think it's our. So, you know, okay. when back in the 80s, there was something called electives. And I don't know if you guys had them, but there was a day every year where they What's that? Is it me? What's yeah, going on? It... Can you yeah. guys hear me? No, not real well. Can you Cut maybe out. try right, logging off again? Okay? Can you try no, logging you... off and coming back oh. in? Can you hear me?
Can you lo right. log I off? Will refresh and, the page. Log off and come back in. All right. Sorry. Now about we're that, waiting. Guys. Hey, Weezy. Hi, Steve. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing, Weezy? I'm good. I missed you, Steve. <laughs> I missed you too, Weezy. I promise I'll never leave you again. Okay. Guys, guys, this goes on every week as we before we start the show. <laughs> we missed each other. We did. Good. <laughs> You're just jealous. <laughs> yep. I am. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh. <clears throat> Aaron, I, I, you're jealous too, aren't you? I know you are. <laughs> so, anybody else in the chat been flying lately? Um, let us know while we're waiting for her to hopefully come back. Otherwise, I know everybody's, everybody's been having a lot of wind issues. You know, yeah, um, I'm sure that I mean, I know that's a problem down here in the south, but I think everybody else is having wind issues too. Hey, Wheezy, I saw that you're selling your Varla. What's up with that? Yeah, I just don't ride it, I don't ride it, it's brand new. I just don't, there's no place to ride it here. Oh, I thought you loved that thing. I do love it, but I don't go, I don't ride it, so I need a bike electric, <laughs> of course. Those things are fun. I know. I just don't ride it anywhere. Nick Griffith, I rode his at Bad Apples, and you put it on turbo mode, and you'll just somersault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need that or a little a little scooter or something, you know, electric scooter or something. I just don't ride it. So um, Linda said she likes my background. Yep, this is Olympia, Washington background. I've got a tree. This one's really pretty. And this one, the buds are just starting to come out. So, but check it out. It is so cool. This is like my favorite back backyard. It is pretty. Got she a little I'm getting in. Crocodile down there. Oh yeah. I used to make a cool those. little cool little path. I love it. That's so nice. we're at Eric's aunt's house in Olympia. So I decided Give us a little different background other than cold winter snow. So, um, the Hillary weavers went to Vegas. <laughs> who's watching from Sun and Fun? Yeah, who's at Sun and Fun? Oh, yeah, right who in the chat is at Sun and Fun? Um, that's going on right now. Yeah, but it's beautiful weather down there. Yeah, it should be nice, warm. That they gentleman got the um, team down there. Yeah, arrhythmia yep. down there. That gentleman that was uh, doing the ultralight uh, um, broadcasting that was on, he didn't get back to me to do another updated show. So maybe um, later on this week, he'll reach out and I'll I'll do a, a show with him possibly and give an update on what's going on down there. He wanted to. Uh, get something out there here she is thank you did it come back you're back hey i think my internet connection just just went kaput and i had to run windows diagnostics and it restarted everything oh, awesome <laughs> that's all right so sorry everybody i thought i hoped i would be the one person who wouldn't have problems <laughs> jade is paying us by the hour so we're good with it i hope i hope she was out <laughs> 
very entertaining <laughs> to fill those long moments. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't have any problems hearing you guys. I don't think I missed anything, but I guess you didn't, you couldn't hear me. Yeah, you were very broken. So go again. Yeah. How did you get okay. in? How did you start getting into the sky? When I was a little girl, a, a person came to my school and spoke to my classroom, and it was a pilot. And so before I really had a judgment about it, I had a fascination with airplanes, and I thought I wanted to fly one day. But of course, as everybody grows up and life comes and starts, I didn't have wealthy parents. I didn't know anybody with a plane. I wasn't encouraged to fly. My parents said, oh, that's nice. You know, maybe you could be an architect or a doctor or something. And so it wasn't something that was uh, falling very easily into my lap. Uh, fast forward to my 20s and I was uh, down in Mexico and I had promised myself I was going to fly by the time I was 30. So I was feeling the, the time the, the clock was ticking. Anyways, I was walking on the beach and a micro light pilot, like one of those, like fly away home, the triangle uh, on a hang glider type of thing landed in front of me. And I ran up to him and I said, oh, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen a small flying contraption like this. And he said, oh, this piece of junk, I'm selling this. I'm getting a paramotor. And I was like, a para what? He's like, oh, look it up on YouTube. You'll be hooked. And he walked away. And, you know, as the story goes, I went home. I, I, I logged into YouTube. I saw the most amazing uh, flying videos of paramotors flying like bugs in the sky. And I was like, that's the answer. I don't have to fly an airplane. I don't have to have a million dollars and you know, <laughs> I, I do this. So within um, like three or four weeks, I had bought some equipment online used in Washington and I flew up right from Mexico to start training. <laughs> I was, I showed up nice and fresh and had no idea. I'd never seen one up close. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> I, I didn't know at the time that there were no girls in the sport at all. I had totally no judgment. And um, that didn't go so well. It took almost a year for me to learn how to kite my wing and how to control the glider above my head. And I was having problems trying to find an instructor to teach me. I started to learn over the years that it's, it's not super easy as a female um, if you are approaching schools that haven't taught females before because they're a little bit different. I'll tell about that later. And finally, I got exasperated. I was... 29, 28, 29, and I'm freaking out. I I wanted to keep my promise. I I just um, I snapped one day. I put everything up for sale in my place. I sold my clothes and my bed, the curtains. I took this big wad of cash, and I was like, I want to be taught by the best the best instructor that I know. And so I went. I took it all to Florida, and I started training with Eric Dufour, which. I had heard he had brought the sport to North America in the 80s, and he was teaching down there in um, at Valkyrie Airport, uh, where they have the Palm Bay fly-in every year. And so I put my paramotor on a Greyhound bus <laughs> in a big box, and I did the same thing all over again. I took my cash, and I went down. I showed up at the airport with a tent and pitched my tent next to the runway and I was determined and he looked at me and he's like oh boy <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I want to fly I've got nothing else going on here's all my money yeah Eric DeFord's a man and uh and I wanted to do everything that he did and if you guys know Eric DeFord he uh you know he 
plays tricks and he does all kinds of funny things with the wing and he had, you know, he's been doing it forever. And so I just wanted to copycat. And within a, a few months, I was foot dragging around and I was training for the cloverleaf and started getting into competitions. And anyways, the rest is history. <laughs> what, what year was that? That was in 2015. And when so, you trained, when you trained with Eric DeFore, what color was his boots? They were still white. I believe they're still white now. Yeah, still. he had the classic boots. Yeah, it was incredible. And he would, I would ask him to take them off, and then he would come and land and and slide them onto his feet. Did all kinds of stuff like that. Or I would lay on on the ground, and I would hold the boots up, and he would come down and step into the boots and take them from me and things like that. We did funny things like that. But uh, I was a pretty reckless pilot, so I started breaking the rules quickly and kind of, you know, cutting corners and, and starting to get a mishap, started doing helicopters and stuff. And I would fly away from the school and go to the beach and bum around there. And he wasn't very happy about that. So he was kind of like, OK, it's time for you to go. This was exactly eight years ago on St. Patrick's Day. And I was just about to turn 30. And. I was like, well, this is my calling. This is this is what I want to do. I want to fly. I'm going to use this as a platform, as a springboard for me to do everything else I want to do in life. I had a dream to be a published author. I wanted to be a speaker. I wanted to be a public figure. I said, this is this is my ticket. And so I went up to Beach Blast in Panama City Beach and on the on the uh, day before my birthday and i just walked around like a groupie and i went around to every single designer and every single company that was there and i said hi i'm nobody but i'm a girl and i want to fly and i i can represent your brand and i can be an advocate and i'm totally i can go anywhere i don't care what i do i'll just whatever you want me to i'll fly your stuff and i will promote your stuff you can cover me with your sponsors don't care and it was um, Paramania, actually, uh, Mike Campbell Jones, who was there and he saw my bright spirit and he said, well, I live in France and I'm, I'm headed to London. If you can get to England in a week, then you can start working for me. And I was like, OK. <laughs> so I got back on the Greyhound bus, <laughs> I went up to Toronto, where I'm from, and I uh, took my whole paramotor apart and cleaned it all out and put it in a suitcase and off I went. I flew across the world and I spent the next couple of years just uh, being a brand advocate for Paramania and doing uh, demonstrations and going around every single competition and every event that I possibly could, meeting incredible people all over the world, flying in about 12 countries. I got to be a part of so many things. Uh, it was just an incredible experience. And I started speaking right away and so on and so forth. So did you become an instructor doing that also then? No, I didn't. Do you think that I should have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what kind, what kinds of things were you all doing? Oh, uh, well, I got into classic competition. So it's where you you have a circular rotating map, a paper map and a compass on your lap. And you're given about 15 minutes to um, to be given a, a thing where you have to go and navigate or find, go over a, like a, an invisible gateway, let's say, or um, follow a certain distance and, and that kind of thing. And then I would uh, go and, and join a bunch of people. They were all guys all the time. I was always the only girl. 
and uh, I show up with my little kit and my little sponsored stuff and borrowed. I usually borrowed a lot of things that was always hitchhiking or going in tents and stuff. And I'd show up and the little Canadian girl, like, what is she doing in this country? <laughs> and I would be like, I want to do it too. <laughs> and uh, and go and do my best. And that wasn't great, but I I had the best time doing it. Nice. Yeah. You guys got any questions for her? So tell us more about your competitions. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do slalom. Um, you know where they have the pylon set up and they do things like a, a little circuit that they put on their arm or they put it on their leg and they have just a few minutes to look at the circuit and then they go through and visit some gates that are coming out of the ground. They fly through the gates and then they go quickly around the pylons. Like you see those red birds. Red Bull commercials going really low and slicing through the air. And then maybe they do a little maneuver and land again. I wanted to do that, but I wasn't at that point yet. And I had discovered the Parabatics team, the uh, like the aerobatics, uh, amazing, amazing guys. And, and I, of course I dreamed to be a part of that. So I, that's why I started getting smaller wings. I was down to a 16 meter. I was starting to go heavier into, uh, into motors. I had started with an 80 CC, just a mini plane. And then I went up to hundred and I was just about to get, um, an air conception, maybe 200 to 250 CC to go with my 16 meter wing. And I was going to start uh, doing that after, uh, but for the meantime, I was doing classic competitions and, um, and in that time, the performance started getting really high and uh, uh, wings started getting really long. You know, the aspect ratio started getting crazy and it was very, very. Uh-oh, losing you again. Christiana, if you can hear us, maybe try logging out again and logging back in. Escalated very quickly, very quick. See me? Can you yeah, hear me? We can hear you now, but we lost you for a good 30 seconds. Am I can back? You log out? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Am I back? Yep, you're back. You're back. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, hi. Well, Welcome back. You guys all disappeared too, by the way. It wasn't just me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm talking in a dark room here. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so yeah. So I started watching people die. And I I when I witnessed um someone die in front of me, it was a little scary. It was in that time when they um, started making it required to be over water because they had the pylons. They would just put them in fields. And if a wing clipped a pylon or, you know, if it touched the ground a little bit, they would face plant. And very often they, they couldn't be resuscitated. And it was it was pretty nuts. So but the classic competition was very fun. It was out and in. It was speed triangles. It was where they would give you a tablespoon of of gas and see how long you could stay up for. And uh, they would weigh you in, weigh you out to make sure you didn't cheat with ballast and stuff. They would take away all of your electronics and uh, so that you couldn't have any type of electronic help at all. It was all based on your your skills to navigate and your common sense. And the worst thing you would see is that people would land out at a competition. I I um, 
didn't quite make it back. My glide angle was a little too far from the starting point and I just came down nice and gently in the parking lot and into a bunch of cars and stuff. So, and people would get lost. They they'd land out in different places and they'd go and get found, but it was all fun. You know, it was all good feelings and nobody against each other. The world, the world championships was huge for me. One of my biggest accomplishments. Uh, that was pretty crazy. I had to fly back to Canada to get, as I told you earlier, my ultralight license because uh, yeah, all the, every team has their, their own setup. And when I showed up for this competition, you know, you see France and you see Poland and you see the UAE, you know, all the guys from Dubai and they've got their slick team shirts on and they've got their mechanics and all of their support crews. And, and there I was from Canada. Hi, I'm representing Canada. I brought a flag. <laughs> and it was so funny because I, I was the only one. Not only was I the only girl, but I was the only Canadian. And so I kind of had to stand for myself and represent my own team. So that's why I had to come. At least I had a license and I, it was legit. You know, I had my competitor sport pilot thing and I had my little tag and I put a sign up there and it was just it was hilarious and it was great because I had nothing to lose and I had everything to gain and I just just bounced around being neutral and and it was uh it was great fun and to be on the podium there using a, a Bailey engine which is a four-stroke it's very heavy it's like 67 pounds it was like you know maxes me out I was super strong by then it was like probably 20 or 30 pounds heavier than I am now. And, <laughs> and uh, just, uh, just making it happen. Like I had hitchhiked there and I'm sleeping in my tent and just uh, living off the generosity of strangers and stuff. It was just, it was uh, pretty crazy days. So but you I were always... flying a Bailey four stroke during that? Yeah. Wow. I know it does. It seems odd, right? I wanted Bailey to sponsor me and they said, if I got on the podium that they would, uh, they would supply me with equipment. Cool. Mm. So Jeremy wants to know the process of getting an ultralight license in Canada. The process of getting an ultralight license in Canada is that you need to have 10 logged hours with an instructor. And is it 10 hours? Maybe it's 50 flights. Something, it's like it's about the same. And so you go to a, a school and you do your, your ground schooling, I guess, which is a little bit, it's, it's just like an airplane license, but it's a little bit tailored for paramotoring. You get your um, your student pilot permit, you write your written exam, you do your required flights, and you take that paperwork to Transport Canada and with some passport photos, you pay about $150 and you sit in a Transport Canada approved examination center where you're on camera and you have to use their their um their computers and you're you're given three hours to do um a, like an 80 or 100 question test you have a passing rate of i think 70 percent, and then they give you um they issue um an aviation document which looks like this it's just like um a passport and okay. it's, i've used it as a passport it's got your your face in there and everything and everybody has a number and then you get something that is called a ulp which is an ultralight uh pilot license and you have uh, restrictions on there because you know somebody might use hey congratulations Steve all right that you could use it except for, for it. my passports for hotels not countries <laughs> oh that's amazing 
And from this, you can uh, get uh, ratings, you can get further licenses, you can get your sport pilot license, you can get your recreational, your private, your commercial, it just all goes on there. There's a lot of pages. And these uh, used to be good for five years. I think they're good for 10 years now. And uh, yeah, you can do that all in a couple of months. And because I had done my training outside of Canada, I had to go back and do extra training in Canada. So I did that in Niagara Falls. It was good times. Chris Gwynn, <laughs> really? <laughs> Is she really Canadian? She said about instead of a boot. I was born in Toronto. So when I'm here on the East Coast, people can tell that I'm from Ontario. They can, because I don't pronounce my D's and T's too much. But uh, I don't have the East Coast accent, I guess they would have out here. Like going down to the water and things like that. And um, <laughs> smaller smaller mouth and everything but I spent too much time abroad I started traveling when I was 16 and I I haven't felt home since before I was a teenager so it's been a lot of countries and so I guess I'm more neutral now mm. <laughs> but that, that's pretty much what Canadian is it's a melting pot you've got people from all over Canadian license sounds PETA how many licensed PPG pilots, I wonder. We don't have many. Not too many at all. <laughs> I One gentleman on another show, and I don't remember where he's from. Do you guys remember where Jim Jim Samard is from? I think he's straight. He's in Saskatchewan, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I might know like one or two from every province. And uh, here on the East Coast, there is no paramotor flying schools. There's no powered paragliding schools. So, and then you also want... have Fly Guy Alberta. But the weird thing about him is he lives in Manitoba. Oh, that's interesting. That's so there's like a school outside of Vancouver. Um, there's one in Toronto. There's one in Alberta. I think Alberta might be the, where the biggest concentration of them are because flying is great. It's just open, flat fields and... Uh, but out here, you don't see that all. So when I came out here a few years ago, I started spreading the word and letting people know like, hey, I fly. Would you like to learn with me? And I got some guys together and they bought some used equipment and we sort of just went out to the backfields. I started an event and uh, and just invited people out to show them. And I let them, I lent out my gear and my wings and and just sort of helped them along. And eventually they learned and now we fly together. <laughs> And just uh, what what could you do? But I would love to start a school. It'd be great. Um, so you you um go around and and uh, encourage girls, women to fly. You uh, do you do some um, educational things? Is so right, yes, right away when I went moved to Europe, essentially with the company, I started. Um, talking to schools and approaching like kids and inviting people out because I was sort of um, representing the brand and representing the sport I would be advocating in every way I could so I'm a social media marketer by trade and so I would of course be posting things online 
I love to have my picture taken. I'm totally comfortable on camera. So I would go out and I would be following them to events and there'd be a booth and I'd be at the booth and they would ask me to do a demonstration. And so I had a myriad of ways that I could be interacting with the public all the time. And I loved getting girls into it because it was always guys and they'd have their girls with them. I'd say, well, maybe she'd like to try. Well, let's put the paramount on her back. Well, let's see if she can lift it because I betcha it's not that heavy. If I can pick it up with one hand, I betcha she can too. And things like that. So I would just try to always encouraging women to get into this because I was so lonely. I can't tell you how lonely I was. <laughs> it's just, I so wanted other girls to fly with. And even now, I don't have any girls to fly with at all. Not even one. <laughs> Come down us by me. Us girls have to stick together. Yeah. I guess us girls have to stay together. That's right. <laughs> the problem is just that there's this whole, of course, the traditionalist uh, stereotype that women are you know, not as strong. You know, we're not as psychologically, I don't know, built as, like a man are. And the reality is, is that we have bigger pineal glands we have better critical thinking skills we have more attention to details we don't use brute force we use more intellect uh in our in our problem solving skills and stuff and so uh, and but we have a lower levels of, of esteem self-esteem and confidence and so usually um women have a slower learning curve but they end up excelling higher than the typical men at the end but along the way if a if a woman isn't um if she isn't recognized or encouraged or supported in her journey, it's more likely that a woman is going to drop out or she's going to, you know, she's going to call herself a failure and she's not going to power her way through it. Men have typically more confidence. So even if they might have a lower skill level, they're going to typically finish. They're going to get her done, so to speak. And so you're always going to see predominantly more males in the sport. And of course they, they can handle these great massive uh, motors and stuff. But they don't make as much as for, for women. So if, if a female wants to get into the sport, she'll go to the typical guy. You're breaking up again. We're losing you. <laughs> and I can feel like... <laughs> Do, 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 okay, try it again. Chris says back? now you're speaking the language. Almost. <laughs> I think you're just going yeah. past the internet. <laughs> so sorry, but this is amazing. I'm using ExploreNet. It's a rural... Um, um, internet service the tower is like way far away it's like it's over the the mountains there and it's amazing that it picks up from here and i have my dish just leaning against the it's sitting on my barbecue outside the window right now and i just have it aimed that way i don't have it attached to anything <laughs> i'm in a, a little cabin that was built about 50 years ago. It's uh, raised up on blocks. It doesn't have a well, so there isn't running water. And all of my heating is from a wood stove. So I'm sitting right beside a wood stove and I, I fill it with wood all day and all night because I don't have um, insulation. And uh, and it's great. I'm just like the modern pioneer. <laughs> Wait, so is this your permanent residence? At the moment. Hmm. <laughs> He's supposed to be over here on this end of the country countries <laughs> yes 
So in 2016, I was the, I was the, uh, the female silver world champion, and I was hoping to, to join the next one. So I was invited to the next one, which was what was it called, the World Challenge or something in Egypt, and that was in 2017. And so I, for some reason, for whatever reason, oh, I had just been a reporter at the World Air Games in Dubai. That was uh, the next really cool thing. That was awesome. I loved that. I was over in Dubai for a month and just interviewing all the world's best pilots and uh, just an incredible experience. And as a spectator, too, it was great. But anyways, so I've, I put all my stuff in a big box and I shipped it right across the ocean and I came back to Canada to train and to do some flying over here because I hadn't flown in Canada yet. It was crazy. I, I just, I, I got licensed here, but I did all my flying elsewhere. So I came back in 2017 and I heard that there was a Mecca in Vancouver and I wanted to go over and fly there. So I came, went across the country and on my third flight, it was one of those days I was in the mountains just outside of Vancouver and, uh, it was um, kind of a windy day and it was calming down. And this was at about 7.30 in the evening when the winds kind of make a shift through and they go through a channel and they kind of, it just, there's a little bit of shifting going on. I didn't really know these things because I, I don't live out in the mountains. But anyways, I went to a school and uh, I did everything right and the wind socks and were looking great. And I set up to fly. I brought some people out who had never seen it before. And I said, I'll do a little demo. Um, I'm about to start training for the next world championships. And so I'll show you guys what it looks like. And I brought some girls, you know, to sort of show them. And um, I just did a, an easy little forward. And about 52 seconds after takeoff, I guess I, I, my wing collapsed. I don't have any recollection of this. But the next thing I remember, I opened my eyes and I was lying in a hospital bed. And I was like, what? Well, where am I? And they were like, you've, you've had an accident. And I was like, well, wait, no, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm about to go flying. They're like, no, no, uh, it, it's been a couple days. You've been out. And I've been like, I was like, well, I've got a, a flight to Iceland in three days. I'm, I'm heading back to, uh, to Europe to train for the, for the next uh, event. They're like, no, no, you're not going anywhere. Yes, this is the this is the newspaper article. And they said, unfortunately, uh, you had a bad accident. You broke um, 17 bones. Your uh, your lungs were were kind of crushed. Your your ribs are fractured. Your you broke the biggest bone in your body. Um, and it, you're going you're never going to have feeling in your right side the same again. So it doesn't look like you're going to be walking anytime soon, uh, if at all. Uh, but we we need to talk to you and you need to make a decision fast about whether you want your spine to be permanently fused or if you would, would like us to try to um, find, see if we can do something temporary because it looks like you're into a lot of things and, and you're still pretty young in your 30s. And and I freaked out. I, I freaked out. I just screamed and cried and I was totally alone because I didn't have any family or friends over there. And Apparently it had, had taken like an hour and a half for them to uh, get my, get me into a helicopter and get me over to the airport and uh, sorry, to the hospital. And when I got there, they didn't have any paperwork for me. They didn't know who I was. They said, who's going to speak on this girl and where's her, 
does she have a health card or or something? You know, we need some ID. And so I I was left in the um in the emergency for quite a while, day and a half or something, and they admitted me in there. And so, anyways, I said I don't want to have my spine um, fused. And uh, so they flew over um uh like a Doctors Without Borders guy over from Quebec. He was a young um, spine spinal surgeon and he de designed something and he wasn't sure if it was going to work, but he put two rods in the back and then he put uh, six prongs off of them. And the bottom two went into my buttocks, I guess. And then the top four went into the back and then he put um, a rod in my right, uh, my right hip down to my knee. And he put a, like a nail in there to keep it in place. And then another pin in my knee and, uh, and yeah, I was like a scarecrow <laughs> and I, that's where I lived in the hospital for a while, just feeling like the worst. <laughs> I, I had just, I had just um, reached the, the peak and the epitome of my, of my career, so to speak. I thought I had reached my, my calling. I was a public figure by that point. I had uh, won those competitions. I was training for the next one. I had become a published author. I was a, I had a regular column in a magazine called Cross Country, and I was representing for um, for my sponsors and for multiple companies. And I, I hit rock bottom. I didn't know where to go from there, and i I didn't want to be I didn't want to be a, a cripple, so to speak. I didn't want to be disabled. I absolutely hated being in a wheelchair, but the the Aeronautical Federation in Egypt had heard about this and they said, you know what, you're an inspiration and you were the only representative of Canada. We wanted you to be part of this event. We're going to fly you over to Egypt anyways. And I couldn't believe it. They actually, they supported me so well. They escorted me to the airport in my wheelchair, raised me up on the plane and they they sent me right to Egypt and put me up in a beautiful hotel. And I actually got to be a part of the event anyways. And I got to be on national television and I got to hold the flag anyways. And it was so amazing. And I don't know, maybe some miracle. I don't know what you guys believe in, but it was, uh, yes. it was amazing. I, I went to Egypt in a, in a wheelchair. And while I was there, I really wanted to visit the pyramids and someone put me on their back and they brought me over to the pyramids and, and I've, I've held on and I, I don't know, but one day when I was in Egypt, I, I somehow, I, I got up, I started, I started to hobble. <laughs> and by the time I came back to Canada, I came in the arrivals gate without a wheelchair. And I had those, uh, those things that attach your arms that you can like kind of go around. And everybody's like, amazing oh, it's amazing incredible she's a miracle and they put it in the newspaper that i was some miracle because they had just seen me uh, months before being lowered into a swimming pool and uh and carried around and uh it was it was fantastic and i thought to myself i'm i got a second chance i never i don't want to waste this i i have to uh i just i need to tell people i got to and i, and I want to fly so badly so anyways here i am <laughs> That's freaking amazing. And amazing. you're walking and you're flying, you're back to foot launching. And the best part yeah. is what she told me this afternoon is she's flying the same stuff she crashed in. Now, was there any theory as to what caused your crash? Um, I think 
I sent it to a meteorologist and a couple of people. The um, There was one video that was taken by a, a lady's phone, but it was really far away. And so anybody who saw it wouldn't have seen really what would happen. So I did some research on the <clears throat> what happens to the air there. And apparently it can happen that cold columns of air can come down pretty low. I wasn't very high. I was only 100 feet off the ground because I was still climbing out. But uh, people think that with the combination of wind shear and uh, a column of air coming down might have been enough just to collapse the wing. It kind of uh, twisted it and it uh, I hit a parachutal stall. So I went just straight down. And I, I don't know at what point. I don't know if I would have blacked out or something, but... I, um, I, I don't know how I'm here. I should have been such a vegetable. I just, they said I had blood coming out of my nose and, uh, I was screaming my face off and they had to inject something to, uh, to be, make me calm so that they could lay me down on the stretcher. And I don't know, it would have been awful. I feel really bad for the people who witnessed that because that would have been pretty bad, but I don't remember it at all. <laughs> What did you say? You can't remember a week before that? Yeah, I've constructed some memories. I've sort of thought about how it would have gone. I look at pictures because I took pictures right up until my launch because I was just having a great time taking selfies and, and talking, telling the people about this is how it works and this is the wing and this is how you set it up and here's me running up the engine and I dressed up all nice. and <laughs> but uh, But no, I don't remember that at all. And so... And I lost the days after that. But anyways, I never have taken, it's funny, I've never taken walking for granted. I mean, every day when they, that expression, having a bounce in your step couldn't be any more of a truthful statement for me. I've only been able to run for about a year. I, before that, it was, it was always pain. Um, I have obviously nerve damage. I still, like, I feel like my right um, leg is always asleep. So like if I'm sitting down, I'm always like stamping my foot, trying to like, it's like pins and needles kind of thing in my right foot. But I am not complaining. I mean, I can't really lie on my right side, but you can't tell. I mean, if I'm really tired, I might have a, a little limp might come back, but I'm alive and I'm so happy. And I, and I love just telling people that you can make anything happen if you if you refuse to accept the definition that someone gives of you or a label that's placed upon you or a diagnosis from a doctor who's never known you before, you really can do anything. So I just feel like it's like my moral duty now to, to show people through example that like you can, you can be any kind of a person. You don't have to be less because you're female or you're smaller or you had some, or someone told you, you have a, like some, handicap of some kind or you had some you have some mental disability like ADHD or something a lot of people live through their through the the stigma and the and the, the stereotypes that are placed on them and and so we shouldn't listen so, to that two feet in a heartbeat said it good god's not done with you yet you've got an amazing story well thanks <laughs> and, uh, yeah it continued on i after i was i after that accident in Vancouver, I couldn't go on a plane for the longest time. I, so I couldn't come back to where my family was. I couldn't travel. I had to stay in the area because I had to go back for successive surgeries. And 
And of course, like rehab and taking various medications and stuff, I had to have uh, the thing that they placed in my heart for the internal bleeding had to be taken out. And that was the scariest, scariest ever. But um, and I well, anyway, I don't have to say that, but I did have more surgeries after. But I started uh, getting back into the public sphere and I started hosting um, painting parties. <laughs> for the weirdest thing and I would stand in the front of a of a room I wouldn't stand but I sat at first and I just wore like a a band around my middle and and just started um playing in public and and hosting parties and teaching people how to paint because I love to do art and getting back into social media into marketing and I love doing graphic design and stuff and uh I felt that this was my, this was maybe my calling. It was just to lead me over there um, on Vancouver Island. And just before the pandemic happened in early 2020, I started working for a quadriplegic lady who was 42. And she had um, had an accident doing the sport that she loved when she was young as well. And she had no feeling from the waist or from the neck down. And I thought, wow, I can give back to this woman. I could have been her. She should have been, could have been me. This is, this is just an amazing uh, position. So I became like a live-in caregiver looking after a woman that had gone through what I could have gone through. And it was an, an amazing experience. And so I was like, well, I'm going to live um, in Vancouver here. I'm going to look after this lady. I'm going to teach these classes and everything's all hunky-dory. And the pandemic hit and I got laid off overnight. <laughs> I had to make a quick decision. And my family has a little camp, as, as they call it, over here on the east coast of Canada. And I got on a plane and I flew over here. And um, Bob's your uncle. That's it. I've been here now for three years. Oh, thank you, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, I want to continue flying. There's no one flying out here. Everything was shut down. And I thought I I will use this opportunity to get back into flying. I literally my my paramotor and wing were still uh, in repair. I still hadn't flown yet for for these years. And while I was over here, I met um, some inspirational people and a very good friend, and who inspired me to get back into flying. I got my paramotor repaired finally only in uh, in like late 2020 and took my first flight and it was so incredible i had tears streaming down my face and it felt so good i just so comfortable in the sky and i really i'm i'm so it's honored to not have lost that because a lot of people i know if they have an accident or something happens they get a scare and a fear and they never do it again well that wasn't the case for me so i feel like uh Yes, I'm on the brink of, of a great thing. I want to bring this sport back to this uh, this coastline in a big way. Sorry that I'm talking so much, guys. <laughs> Could you remind us, like, just of a timetable of, like, your career from, like, what year you trained again, what year was your uh, silver medal competition win, what year was your crash, and then what year did you return to flying again? Okay. All right. Let me see if I can do this. I started, I got my motor and wing in 2013. In 2014, I had my first flight on a trike. That was my first time on any paramotor related thing. And that was amazing. 
with um, with Eric Dufour. I started to train with We're losing you, Christiana. For the sponsoring, so in 2015 in Florida. I think back. you're back. You're back. Okay. Hi. So in 2015, I had I did my paramotor training. I did my first competitions in 2016. I did the world competition so i became the the female silver world champion in 2016 and in 2017 i had my accident in the middle of the summer and that year i went to or the next year to egypt so i didn't fly from 2018 to 2020 or 2017 i guess of course the accident was then to 2020 and I had my first flights back over here. Oh, I missed that comment. Thank you. I don't know. Let me stop for a second. And then, yeah. And then I, well, to continue the story, well, I'll tell you after. Is that, does that make sense? That yep. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Do you want to take a time out and do your commercial? Sure. And then I want to tell you the best part of the story. Oh, after. okay. So we're going to, do you want to get ready? And I'm going to take you off the screen for one second while you prepare. I don't have to prepare your anything. Okay. Then go for it. Like, Oh, go for it. Right. <laughs> Stay oh, tuned to Christiana. Put her on the big screen. Coming at you live. Put her on the big screen. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna play the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Hello there. For all of you who would like a little music, I love to play and I never lose an opportunity to play. When I was young like you, I dreamed of getting away. Nowhere to go, I just wanted to move. I needed to get away. I love my mom, I love my daddy too, but I needed to be somewhere new. When you know you gotta get away, you've got a rambling heart. Well, oh, sweet baby child of mine, that's how it is in this life of mine. You can't have anything that lasts too long. So you've got a rambling heart, and like your mama, don't want you to leave, they want to make you stay. If you've got a rambling heart, it's not your fault you were born that way. Born with your rambling heart. So you love your mom and you'll just be good And you don't be doing nothing that you think you shouldn't When you know you gotta get away You've got a rambling heart Well, oh, sweet baby child of mine I worry about you all the time One of these days you're gonna fly away Cause you've got a rambling heart And like your mama don't want you to leave Don't want to make you stay If you've got a rambling heart your fault, you were born that way, born with your rambling heart. So you love your mom, and you'll just be good, and you don't be doing nothing like you think you should. When you know you gotta get away, you've got a rambling heart. When you know you gotta 
get away. You've got a rambling heart. Woohoo! Awesome. Give me another one. I paid big <laughs> money for these like tickets. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so fun. I've been wanting to be on the show since I discovered it. I was like, oh, I hope I get to be on that one day. I was so happy when you reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to be on the show? I'm like, yes, yes, really. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so great. Thank you guys so much. I'm so hey. glad you accepted the offer. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. well, there isn't much going on in this time of the year. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of cold and wintry and it's like the transition to spring and the first days of spring and it's kind of messy lots of storms and muddy roads and everything so i this is great it gives us all a little happy sunshine and stuff and we have a, such a big year ahead this is such a great year because i think it's the first year since everything opened we have so much opportunity and this oh, the whole world of aviation needs to change in a massive way i don't know if you guys have the same problem down there but up here in canada there's such a shortage of pilots the the number of licenses that got issued this year and the last three years went down 89 percent and half of the flight schools in canada shut down and we're just crying for more pilots we need to have something like 2500 pilots or something like that in the next two to three years it's going to be seemingly impossible and if that doesn't happen the airlines are going to be shutting down and we're going to have some major problems with tourism and travel it's going to affect all of our lives so it is absolutely pertinent that we keep aviation alive and we try to uh, in encourage more people to get into flying everybody <laughs> needs to to fly I, I think it's a problem here in the united states as well i was watching something on youtube the other day about that it's a problem here. It's a problem everywhere. There's a world shortage. Yeah. And there's there's so many things. And they were saying on CBC on the, the news the other night that it all comes down to the very bottom line. There aren't any of the small guys that are uh, giving an incentive and encouraging people to get into flying in the first place. Hey, yeah. this is the greatest part of the story. <laughs> exactly. So let's yes. go for it. So I, I started off the story saying that when I was a little girl, the pilot came to my school and he was an airline pilot and he uh, got me on this whole dream of flying a plane. But because I didn't have any parents that flew and I didn't have a wealthy family, I didn't know anybody with a plane. It was such a distant dream. And that's why when I discovered paramotors, I thought I can get into the air anyways and I can do it fast and portably. And I would recommend paramotor flying to anybody. But for those of you who can want to take it farther, I will tell you the most affordable, most affordable way to fly, to get into flying an airplane, to get your private pilot's license to fly anywhere in the world is by getting your own plane. So that is me flying a plane that I co-own with a very special friend who, the one who was inspiring me to get back into paramotor flying when I came out here. Wow. And I fly this airplane every chance I get. Uh, her name is Pugsy. <laughs> she lives outside she's not in a hangar so every time i want to fly her i have to push off the snow and shovel underneath and <laughs> get to all the ice hopper but it's totally worth it i was just flying today actually and uh um practicing some stalls that's <laughs> that's awesome yeah so that is a little uh, cessna 150 it's the most smallest 
um, most cost efficient and fuel efficient plane that you can fly a two seater. And uh, it's, it's very light. And so it's enough that I can move it myself. And it uses regular gas on the gas station. So I have gas cans in the back of the or jugs in the back of the truck, and I can go to the gas station, fill them up, take it to the airport and just dump them right in the wings. And it's, it's been incredible. And I have been training. Oh, that's the Atlantic Ocean. Hey, <laughs> that's what it looks like here. Yep, that's the closest beach. Very cool. I think. Yeah, so my, I actually started to realize my real first biggest dream of being a pilot, a real pilot. And now there's really no girls in this either is with three to four percent of of uh, pilots worldwide are females that is flying over the city of Fredericton, the biggest city here i can't find my volume to turn it down what city is it it's Fredericton. this entire province has about seven hundred thousand people so there's not a lot of people here, but that is the highest concentration of people. There's about 500,000 people in this city. And that is where the plane resides. Right at a, at a hangar, at, right at the international airport. So there's a general aviation side and, and I keep it there just tied down with, there's just regular um, ties and, and it's been quite an experience. So at the same time that I was getting back into paramotor training, I started training with a couple of friends, just with the, with the freelance instructors. And it hasn't been easy, as I said. As I said in the beginning, I was going to say later, being a female, um, I have encountered all kinds of bullies and power tripping types of instructors and thinking that, uh, you know, that I, I can't do it and I'm not adequate and been told, oh, it's normal for it to take longer for a woman and it's normal for, you know, for it to be harder for you and don't worry. And I found myself in situations where they were pushing. <laughs> this is the best, way, the best way to celebrate fall. Yeah, that's in my driveway. <laughs> I show I love to show people that that your aircraft can be an extension of you. And this is in England on a cross country flight. I'm just doing some uh, some gentle wing overs. That was such a beautiful flight. That day actually I ran out of fuel and I landed in a field of flowers. And uh, oh. two people, the, the farmers looked at me like I was an alien. They didn't know where I came. That's a, that's the Bailey engine right there. That's the four stroke engine. I found it smoother. Of course, it was heavier, but uh, I like the way that it <laughs> maneuvered. As you can see, I really, really love to fly. And even today, after all these years, every single time I fly, it brings tears to my eyes. I, I get so emotional because I just feel like it's a miracle to be able to do this. <laughs> Look, I keep a little head, headlamp on me in case I get caught in the dark and I just aim the light down so anybody can see me from the ground. I Good might idea. have to. I'll text somebody and I'll say, can you put your, uh, your headlights on your truck and just aim them like the, to the, uh, the nearest windsock and I'll let me tie it. There's my <laughs> wonderful friend, Rudy Fowler flying up above me. Got into flying. I got him into flying. 
we love to fly together. That, that day we uh, we went over the border of Maine. How do you do you free fly? I do not free fly. I must say I am not a paraglider. I am actually um, I will put my motor on and I will jump off a mountain, but I can't understand. I, I really don't get it how someone would want to just take a chance and have one chance to land and and fly on uh, the seat of their pants without a, a motor. I love the motor enables you to take off from anywhere from uh, the side of the road or in the parking lot or the back of a school or beside a church or um, I love it just in any yard, you know, you can take off from your own property and with a, with a paraglider without, if you free fly, so to speak, then you have to climb up somewhere high to jump off. You have to catch a specific wind. You have to be on a cliff. I've done very little of that and I'm no good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still flying your Bailey to this day? Nope. I'm not. I'm flying uh, the mini plane, the, nope. the top 80, 80cc that I crashed on. Okay. The um, Bailey was a sponsored um, engine that I used just for the competitions. Oh, okay. I got you. Yes. Somebody and I also. Wants... Was... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I flew a, a few different paramotors, though. The Air Conception was my favorite. Um, I was also sponsored for a short time by uh, Kangook, who is the only paramotor manufacturer in Canada. It's made in Quebec. It's those orange ones. This is one of my first landings at night. That's awesome. Oh, it Somebody is. Double D wants to know where in um, New Brunswick are you? We're in New Brunswick, so I'm at like the bottom left corner. So just touching Maine, I'm like 20 miles off the border of Maine. It's like this is the road that goes, there's the border crossing is just down the way. So I'm sort of tucked in the woods, tucked in the forest. This is where I started to train. And it was funny because I could bring my paramotor to my lessons. And so I would get out of the plane and then I would put the paramotor on and then I would just fly until dark with the paramotor. It was perfect. It was perfect. Just loved it. Because if it was windy in the middle of the day, well, the, the plane can handle that. It's got a way bigger you know, margin. And, and Nightbot is saying, hit the thumbs up. Give Christiana a thumbs up to let people know that this is a good show to watch. We need the, the help and support from all of you. Um, this is this awesome. Is awesome. And you guys are very important. You have a very important uh, role to fulfill, to, to, to share people's voices and to project this out there and get it out in the world and show people that there's people out there that are doing this. I think it's uh, very special people that are in this sport. Luis, that must be your phone again, eh? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't, I'm, I, I don't realize it's doing it or I could put, turn the mic off. Do you have a lot of, if you have a lot of viewers that are not flyers, you could show uh, one of the first ones, which is uh, it's this, Oh, I can point to it on the screen. It, I'm in purple and it's a green background and it shows very much in slow motion what a, a launch, uh, what a forward launch is like. You see it on the first two? Yeah, that one. It's in slow motion. Okay. This is uh, the first female demonstration that I did at Saint-Hilaire in um, France. If you guys have ever heard of that, it's one of the biggest paramotor events in the world. Well, so it's a flying everything, every kind of flying event. Do they have a lot of female flyers in France? Um, probably the most are there. The the um, the highest level pilots, the the most they they invest the most money into it. They have the biggest teams. They're usually the winning teams. Yeah. Uh, it's usually between France and Poland. 
So there you go. I've got a 200cc engine that's made in France, Air Conception, on my back. It's just a friend's. I'm just borrowing it. Um, I have the throttle in the right hand. Normally, I keep it in the left hand, but I was just doing a little demo. I've got some colorful gas, and I'm in a, a 23-meter or a 20-meter um, Revo 3. It's a school wing, but it has turbo toggles on it, so it was modified for competitions. It was just a prototype, actually, and uh, just... Uh, just taking off in the mountains there and showing how easy it is with a few steps. You just walk into the sky. Hmm. I love, I love that that was taken. I didn't know it was being taken in slow motion, um, but it really shows people how it works uh, second by second. So I love to show that one. Yes. It's me and Pugsy. So my, my future plans are to hopefully not only to teach people how to fly paramotors here, I'm in the works of starting a school. I will be getting my instructor rating, uh, but also to be an advocate for private pilots and to help uh, people get into flying planes. And what doesn't exist here in the East Coast is uh, flight scene tours. A couple of years ago when I came here, I contacted every airport and every flying school to ask if I could have like a, a simple tour. I wanted to pay a hundred bucks or whatever and just go up and, and just look around and have a little scenic flight. And that is currently not offered here. There is no companies that do that. And so I would like to be the first one and start it up. And having my private pilot's license, I'm going for my commercial right now. I'm building hours towards that. I hopefully should have it by the summer. It gives me kind of a little bit of credibility, a little bit of a leg up. I get a little bit of respect in there. So not just not to be the operating pilot of a company, but to be able to start it. I love to start companies. I love to market them. I love to promote. And I, um, if I take marketing into the aviation world, I think uh, it's going to be a perfect marriage of all my passions. So I'm so excited. And I'm just flying as often as I can, getting my hours up because you need 200 hours. And, uh, and I will start to uh, approach like parks and recreation, like I will approach the province and some maybe some investors and see if I can uh, get um, um, an airplane finance. It can't be this one because it's just a two seater. I need like a right seat. here. If you can improve brand and reputation, I need all the help I can get. I'll just throw money at you. That's that's what it is. If we make paramotor flying and airplane flying a cool and young thing that pe and show people that you can get into it and that it's affordable and you don't have to have like 50 or 80 grand and go through four years of school and be in a regimented thing and wear a tie and and be a uh oh, oh, am I gone? No, you're still here. No, you're back. Okay. You, you waited for a second. <laughs> so so that is why I, I feel that it's important for everyday people to show that everyday people can fly and you don't have to follow a certain stereotype. Like I've got long hair and I wear dresses and I'm girly and, you know, and I can still uh, put the hat on and fly the plane and, you know, do the strict radio calls and, you know, know where my ceiling is and, and know the technical aspects of an engine and, and you know, but uh, I'm, it's just important that we show people that. And I hope to break that that stereotype just by leading by example, showing people that, hey, and that's why I love to do talks and, and just put myself in front of the public to, to try to break that. And hopefully people will see that 
you can be any type of a person and you can, you can, uh, there's just other ways to go and in, get into aviation. As you know, you, you girls fly trikes. Duis, I love your lights. I do that on mine too. <laughs> Thank you. That was our, um, our Halloween setup. It's not really flying lights. But you do have lights on it now. Oh yeah. 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 That's great. Have you seen the lights you can put on a prop when it spins? You can, yes. Yeah, I've seen those. They're pretty cool. They're awesome. Yeah. So I think you should uh, come down to the States to a couple of fly-ins, and I think you should come to ours and at um, Absolutely. Tomahawk, Wisconsin, and uh, then you can work with me on my private pilot. Fin let me finish up um, on the first if I can pass the sport pilot test and then okay. <laughs> and then uh, continue on with my husband on the private pilot. Yeah, and we'll be there. Steve, you'll be there, won't you? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You better say yes. <laughs> if I still live in Nebraska, yes. Oh, well, you can time. hitch a ride. Come on. Right. <laughs> I absolutely love the events down there. I used to go to every one of them. My very favorite one is Endless Foot Drag. Of course, Beach yes, Bus. That is my favorite one in the whole my world. My favorite one. It's the best. And, and the, the, the pandemic is the only reason that I haven't gone. I would have been there. And of course, you know, I was a little bit disabled, but I I'm, I'm, can't wait. I'll be at uh, Oshkosh that'll, for starters. And we'll see you there. We're we'll good. There. Yeah. I'm going to fly there. Awesome. And uh, our fly-in is the week before, so come up the weekend right before. Yeah, it's July twenty-first weekend. No kidding. No yes. kidding. Awesome. Fly-in give you a place to stay if I can find one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That'd be great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait. I want to want to just. I love events and there, there aren't hardly any in Canada. It's just, it's so such a small world up here. So down there is where it's at. And so many have started too, since I've been out of the loop, I used to know, be in such the know of like who was where and what was coming up next. And I would just literally travel from event to event. And so. Uh, I'll say that'd be two you go to back to back. Yay, that's great. In the fall, I'm missing sun and fun right now. My friends are there and I'm so sad. Oh, I know. Oh. I'm, next year, maybe we can go to that. So, You remember seeing me, Sean? I can't believe it. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. I was, that's where I had my, yeah, I think that was a, like the first Cloverleaf that I did. And I just remember uh, just, the wind was just perfectly so smooth and there's endless fields of grass and it was just so safe. There's so many people in the air and we could just, you could just stay on the ground and just sort of walk in slow motion and keep the wind, the wing there. I love doing kiting wars, but with the motor on, that makes it so interesting. And you can just be like a, like a rocketeer, like in it feel like you're like a space age person and just move around in slow motion without leaving the ground or you want to do little hops and pops and stuff. It was there where I, I discovered that joy and it was just amazing. And the people, of course, just doesn't the sport bring the best people. So Sean said you hitchhiked back to Canada. I've hitchhiked a few times back to Canada. Yeah. I usually would fly into Vegas and then, and go from there. Or, oh but... my gosh. Wow. 
and Jeff, cool. thank you very much for joining us tonight and glad this came up on your Facebook page. Please make sure you guys subscribe and hit that bell so each week um, you can see our new guests that we have each week. Are we going to do a spinning wheel? Oh, yeah. Seven names. <laughs> so if anybody has not, I don't know what we're giving away because um, I'm not at home, but we'll give you a sticker. I know that. And when I get back, I'll throw something in the mail. So hit it. All righty. There are actually mosquitoes out here. You're in the forest. I yeah. know. Thanks for saying hi to me in Washington when I was out there this week. Um, you ignored me. Mm -hmm. Likes on all your photos. <laughs> what do we got? Is Randy Milstead on there? I think so. Everybody um, that said something should be on there. Randy is on there. All right. I will oh. not forget. After the dressing down I got the other week, I did not forget. Ooh, Trev Trev might get it. Let's see. How greasy is it? Might be Kramer. Trev Trev. All right. Didn't I just send you something, Trevor? I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe a cease and desist. <laughs> I see some great friends. Hi, Lauren. I'm so glad you're here. So cool. We got more friends in here. <laughs> yeah, and that's Down Under so is in the house. He finally woke up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think Walter's been in here for a little while. Yeah. Bill H., Walter, Shane's yep. Shane. Jeff Sean Hayden's in here. James Belleville. He's coming up to the Northern Northern Lights flying for us. Um, he talked to us yesterday. Yeah, I still when need to talk to him. Well, you better get on it. Actually, actually I'm going to talk to him. Yeah, um, Double D, July 21st, 22nd, 23rd is uh, our fly-in, our second annual. So if anybody can make it, come on over. We got some food trucks coming this year, so hopefully they remember. I, but um, we're not in between a big country music fest and a hot air balloon rally, so <laughs> we're all on our own. And it's my birthday weekend, so it'll Yay! be great. We're going to have birthday. Okay. Christiana can show up. You can fly right in. Oh, yeah. That was going to be my question. Yep. Tomahawk Regional Airport. Tomahawk Regional hey, we Airport. We had a good time last year. It was a nice flying. Yeah. It's a big airport. Lots okay, of fun. Is it Even though I can barely walk last year. Controlled? Is it uncontrolled? Uncontrolled. Uh, not, not controlled. Yeah. Okay, great. TKB are the letters. So awesome. That yeah, would be so fly. cool to fly there a few days early. Lauren and Michaels, then. thank you for joining. Oh, Love to have you on the you show. Rock. You rock. Yeah, and we're here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time if y'all want to join us. Yep. Yes. Anybody yes, wants sure. to be a guest, guy or a gal, um, young or old, please reach out to us and let us know um, when we can get you on. We are booked out uh, into June already. So, um, okay. who's up next week? Good job. Yes. Um, Where's my calendar? Let me look. 
yeah, I don't know. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It just made my day. It was perfect. I got up, I went flying, I landed, I raced back here. <laughs> Quickly set up my computer and everything, and here we were. It's just you've, what a you've been an awesome guest. Today was an awesome flying day too. So it's just it feels so, really special. I'm gonna put the um, link in here if anybody would like to stop in and say hi um, while we're here. Um, the other thing is we've got Jeremy Howe next week. He lives in Michigan and he works with the USPPA, and he is a paramotor flyer. So I think he was in the house here tonight. So Jeremy, make sure you're available next week because I'm going to be contacting you later tonight or tomorrow. So, so anyway, the link is in the chat. If any of Christiana's friends want to join in and say hi, we'll let you come in and you can chat with her on here. So and Lauren, Michael. That would be awesome. Thank you, Kramer. Oh, thank you. You should come in on the chat. <laughs> thank you so, guys for being privy to a lot of things I haven't told a lot of people. Today seemed like my big uh, coming out. I've been hiding. I've been on a flying hiatus and nobody really has known. I haven't told a lot of people uh, things that you heard tonight. So thank you so much for uh, for being a great audience and and I hope that I wasn't too scattered. I haven't talked about this no. stuff in so long. And you did awesome. We're glad you shared the stories. Yeah. Oh, good. That's great. I feel like I'm just blabbing on, but I live alone. I have no, I have no pets or plants or anything. I'm just here. And well, you and, know what? We got one big happy family right here now with all of us. Yeah, join us every Wednesday, please. Yeah, Aww, great. We'll even awesome. the show with us. Yeah, and we're all members of Pudding of the Month Club, so Pudding of we're the always month. getting together. Well then, well, I'll have to uh, have to sing you guys out. Yeah, you can always give us a tune every Wednesday. <laughs> and some more fine tunes. Yes, I have a lot of instruments here. There you go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't talk about the other. Well, put them to use. Pardon? Put them to use, the instruments. Oh. So we got Darren willing to come in. Anybody else want to come in and say hi and show your face for a little bit before we end the, the show? <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think from Mission, British Columbia. Canada. Yes. No way, Victoria. I can't believe it. Wow. I used to work with her when I lived there. Wow. Oh, you're amazing. I you think guys, you're awesome, Vicky. Holy. I can't believe it. Get the Canadians on here. It's like Yay. all you got to do is take this link. I, I suppose it's like dinner hour there. It's so late here that nobody oh. from this area is, is on, but from over here. Oh, <laughs> Yay! Oh, Victoria! Awesome! Oh. 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 So Sean Hayden wants to know if you're going to Bad Apples. When is it? It's in Georgia. It's uh, flying. Yeah, in but I know about Bad Apples. What is it? The second weekend? Second week in May? I think I could possibly make it the second weekend, but I might be busy uh, flying and training. I'm trying to get my commercial license as fast as possible. 
good good for you my my birthday's in may so that would be really fun oh what day in may the 15th yeah all right nobody be- else wants to come in and show their face come on oh, well, Darren, yeah i know it's just you well maybe they don't know how i don't know maybe this is a new thing for them this is a really awesome platform it's, it's so awesome if, if you paramount thing up in canada let us know i mean i i definitely like to i want to do a lot of flying up there so if i have to get a license i'll i'll come train with you oh really yeah wow that's awesome i go to montreal for f1 week and for jazz fest i might as well be able to fly around while i'm there yes that's true you may as well do they have come up to canada but i need a pardon from the canadian government for driving drunk with deployed airbags so I need to pay the 500 bucks and call a judge. Okay, thanks, Sean. No well, way. Like a temporary license, license for Americans. It's Jeff of Jewettville's ZB. Wow, there's actually New Brunswicker here. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. So I didn't mention uh, what I've been doing the last couple of months here. Well, last couple of years, actually. I own a nonprofit called the Thousand Mile Challenge. And it, uh, we use recreational sports to Give raise money to send kids to camp every Every winter, every every year, every summer, I guess they go to camp, and uh, I it just finished up like a, a week or two ago, and this was the third year, and it was massive and was awesome, and so I have a lot of new fans, and the, all the local fans around here are all from that. So, Jeff, you might have known me or or seen me from there, but yes, I was sort of in the background promoting the events, and it was a it was a massive success. It was awesome. So I get one good question because this came up at the house here. Do we need a passport to get into Canada? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but the passport card works. If you get your passport and you get the passport card, you can just drive right in. Hmm. Okay. So I am like 20 miles from the border. So I can just like take a little drive over and be like, hey guys, so uh, if someone wants to come up here, (laughs) right? Road, I'm four hours from Toronto, oh, so they're quite a bit. But flying, I'm only an hour and twenty minutes. So that would be great to uh, if I hosted an event here and just invited everyone up for the first time because there's there's just there's so much space, just <laughs> so much space. Christina, have you flown anything besides uh, Cessna? You mean airplane wise? Yeah. I, for a short time, I was co-piloting a, a caravan up in Alaska. Ooh. Yeah. That's fun. It was super fun. Have you tried a kit box yet? No, I'd love to. That would be really fun. I'm looking for, like, the best bush plane to put some big fat wheels on it or um, some floats or amphibs, you know. There's, so I'm looking at different options for, like, a personal plane, but I'll need a, a bigger one that's, you know, for passengers to do do tours and stuff so yeah yeah but i'm wish that. That's yeah why, that's what i was checking out before i was like you need a stall kit and some uh tundra tires for your uh, little cessna there absolutely i know that would be great <laughs> but it might uh render it experimental right now it's uh what's wrong uh, with that <laughs> <laughs> oh once it uh rated for experimental it can no longer be used for commercial purposes anymore i know I, I have okay. a single commercial, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, well, yeah. 
everybody else that joined in. Kramer, wave. <laughs> She's Kramer in that looks like that little person that's looking over the fence. She looks like a little gnome. <laughs> Come on, Kramer, hop up. And hop up, Kramer. Like, Good to see like, you. The guy from there you go. Road. Yeah. <laughs> now sing and for us. James, James, thanks for joining. Hi, and, James. <laughs> thank you guys. And Angie's in the house there too. Hi, Hi Angie. Angie. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. That's great. I hope you fly. So if you don't, I'm coming over there. I okay. will. I'm going to. She's got a motor and wings sitting in her house. That's how we actually met. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just have oh, to learn. He's gonna teach me though. I'll do it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I think awesome. I <laughs> Anyway, everybody, thank you so much. Every week, you know, getting the same people back and many more that we don't even see in the in the chat. You know, thank you for joining us. Our show is starting to grow. Um, we're almost at two years, and this is awesome. It's like, like I said, we've we're booked out into June already, and. Um, I've actually started to get people to ask if they could be on the show. And that that's that's awesome, you know, to actually want to be on our show. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. It's so, so invaluable what you do. You are yeah. being a springboard for all kinds of people that wouldn't uh, the world would never find out about if you didn't host them on here. So this is giving people the opportunity to to spread their and share their message. So it's incredibly important that you're here. You fulfill a very important role and there should be more of you. So mm. thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for all the guests that we've had on um, in the past. You guys are awesome. I love every one of you guys because it's like, it's just fun getting to have this many more friends. That's so. right. <laughs> and we all have a common, uh, you know, we're all of a common mindset. We all share this passion. I've always say that uh, people that are into flying, there has to be something you know, a little, little different or special about them because we we're all, kind of we all have a very drug problem. <laughs> 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 exactly. We're all people that didn't let our dreams just stay dreams. Because everybody yep. and their dog wants to fly and very few people, less than 5% of the world's population ever even sees an airplane, let alone get, gets to experience flying. So we are a very small minority and uh, it's up to us to keep it alive because it's actually dying right now. So we're bringing yeah. it back. Well, well we do. we're trying to keep our, our, uh, our uh, airport alive because it's beautiful airport port and it's just gotten older and they're pretty much letting us help bring it back to life and it's basically the same thing awesome yeah that's a common story well should we wrap it up with uh with the finale you want a little should i sing us all out yep you want a song too and then i've got my just my generic outro and then if you guys want to stick around for a little bit off the show if anybody else wants to join off off camera, um, you're more than welcome. We can fit 10 on here total. So, James, don't go anywhere. And if we don't see you on there, we'll see you in the air. Christiana, hit it. Ah! <laughs> that was good. That was good. Mm. We don't see you on there. We'll see you in the Thank air. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. Good night. We'll see everybody. you next week. It's been great. Thank you so much. It was a blast. Yes. <laughs>
guys on the screen here, stick around. I'm going to start with this song or end with the song we started with. Yep. You're smiling when you're smiling. The whole world smiles with you. When you're laughing, when you're laughing, the sun comes shining through. But when you're crying, you bring on the rain. So stop your sighing. Be happy again. Keep on smiling. Cause when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. Everybody, see you next week. Hit that thumbs up. Stay regular.